0: Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years in the markets. Hi everyone, how are you? The podcast has a simple format which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news and analysing how that affects the markets. This week we're looking at Sir Richard Branson and Virgin Galactic, Aramco and the O2 Virgin Media merger. Before that though, Henry, how's your week been?
1: Well, Dylan, the week's been actually pretty good. Uh, if you looked at, if you listened to the last webinar, we we talked about um, Bitcoin the halving coming up over the last three or four weeks. As we know over the weekend that Bitcoin had a nice little rally up to $10,000, which was predicted by most of us. And you know, if you if you were in that market, you've done quite well up to that point. With the likes of the stock market, it is slowly, slowly chucking forward, but it's not really going anywhere. It's like it's waiting on something to happen, whether something to downside or people just renew confidence so if you're trading any of those markets you're quite happy with your with your movements over this week
0: absolutely right let's get started with topic one then so this sees Sir richard branson is selling a stake in virgin galactic to raise around 500 million dollars and the idea is basically that's going to be used to prop up his other businesses including virgin atlantic so why why has branson carried this out
1: well first things first is raising 500 million by selling some of your other businesses you're not doing too bad are you um, one of the big reasons for this, for the sell-off and the 500 million to to get to these other, other companies, is because they're in hospitality. They're in. They're in serving people, going and staying in places. So, um, whether it's the airline, whether it's his hotels, people are going nowhere because of coronavirus. So we can see here that um, Virgin Atlantic has cut over three thousand jobs, and it's ending its operation in Gatwick, which is a huge, huge cutback to the to the UK economy, the money that's coming into the into the country. And um, whilst Virgin Australia has entered into administration last month, so at the present moment. They're in a little bit of dire straits. So this is why the 500 million is is they're trying to raise as much capital as they can so they can actually keep them going.
0: Do you think that there's an element of doing this for reputational reasons as well? I mentioned that he's the seventh richest Brit. With that, he's been getting a lot of negative headlines because he's effectively asked the British taxpayer to bail out some of these companies, which rightly has people up in arms, to be honest. Um, So is this for reputational reasons as well that he's now saying, "Okay, I will sell some of my own shares um, to raise money?
1: As a as a businessman, you never you never really want to get rid of your own company. So the first thing the first thing any good businessman will do is ask for a handout. What the chancellor has said is that they are only bailing companies as a last resort. Then you have he has two ways around it. Now you said he's maybe the seventh richest man in England. You have one of two things: you either then sell part of a company that's profitable and generate some money, or secondly, you have to dig into your own pocket. One piece of advice I was ever given as a as a trader or as someone who who's opening a business is, you never use your own capital. And that was something that, that stuck with me to, to this day is that if the likes of Richard Branson is going to use his own capital, then he has to use a small amount and then leverage it. So the ideal way would be is to actually sell something that he owns already and then go from there. So yeah, this, is, this looks like a, a bit of a good a good win-win that he's not going into his own capital and he's not getting the, the handout because the handout was sort of told that you're not getting it unless you're about to go under. So if you're the seven richest man in the world, your, your company shouldn't really be, be going under, or in the UK for that matter.
0: What does this mean for other investors in Virgin Galactic? You know, it's a company which is um, pioneering space travel for the everyday person. I say everyday person, I think a a ticket is about $200,000 a pop. But <laughs> I love, I love to please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, th- this announcement when it was announced by Branson's Virgin Group, which is the parent company, it prompted a 5% fall in share prices of Virgin Galactic. If I was a, one of the other investors. Should I be thinking about selling or is this just something that is inevitable with what's happening in the, in the world with coronavirus? And so you kind of take the hit, short term hit or 5% fall and then you're in it for the long term.
1: Well, see, the thing with this is, is that you've sort, of, you've sort of two things that are going on. You talked about getting into space, getting into space travel, and that is just sort of a, there's a three-way leaderboard for that. You have the likes of Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and you have Sir Richard Branson. So you have a, a three-horse race in that. Now, if you look at the other two, you have Amazon, which is at record highs. They have just been one of these companies that have survived, not only survived corona, they have actually gone on from strength to strength.
0: I seem to have a new Amazon delivery every day popping up in my house, I tell you. I don't know where they will come
1: from. He, he's sleep ordering. <laughs> um, and then you have the likes of Tesla, so Elon Musk. As Tesla is only about 10 to 15% off their all-time high record high. So these two companies have gone on from strength to strength. So for the other guys, this is a huge shot in the arm that one of the front runners has sort of seemed to have fallen off the, off the pace for getting into, into space. So that is something that's going to sort of going to sort of hurt them a little bit. If you want to go into like the shares now, is this going? Are other people going to follow follow suit and and sell off their shares now? If you got in at a price where you got it at the high, you're now you're down massively. You're now down massively on your investment. So you sort of have to sit through this. But if you got it five or six or 10 years ago and you're massively up on your investment, you can then afford to go, well, I will close half the position or take, a, or close all of them or actually then hold on to it and see what happens. So there's loads of potential things here to happen so as I say it's it's you're generally investing in the man himself to see if he can turn these around and as historically tells us then he usually does.
0: Just looking at the wider airline industry this could be a signal to other companies and investors that the government aren't going to be so quick as what was first thought to bail out the airlines and so how has this affected the likes of British Airways and EasyJet?
1: You have the likes of EasyJet that already Got a bailout. They've already had that. You have the likes of Delta LR Airlines who have, who have let go thousands of people. You have all these air companies are in the same boat and they all have their hands out. The problem with this is, with these airlines, is they have to try and sit through this. They have to try and find ways of of generating more money, whether that's offering people packages, whether that's offering people, um, if you buy a ticket now, you can use it at any time of the year. So they have to start getting um, inventive with their marketing. As a general for people's stocks and shares like that, this is this is a big kick in the teeth for them because everyone is asking for a handout at the minute. And... Is like, unfortunately, the government is not their own personal banks, which which is nice to see from a public point of view. But as an investor point of view, you're going, oh, no, I need that to happen for my stocks to go up.
0: So it's still not an industry that you'd be looking to invest in?
1: Well, if you just go and buy the man himself, Warren Buffett, he's pulled out all his money out of the likes of the airline industry. So... If that's a sign of time to come, well, I would still be waiting for another three or four months before I potentially be looking into that.
0: Okay, and now on to the second topic, which is about Aramco, the Saudi Arabian oil company who had the largest IPO in history last December. They've announced that they're looking to make further oil supply cuts of another one million barrels a day from June onwards. And that's basically to try and encourage others to do the same. So they reported a 25% fall in net income for the first quarter. And so do you think this oil cut is going to have the desired impact that they want?
1: Well, I don't know whether it'll have the desired impact that they want, but it is a step in the right direction. So yes, it is, it's brilliant to use. It's, it's great to hear. For someone who's already invested in some of these oil companies, I'm delighted to hear this. And why I'm delighted to hear this is because when OPEC and everyone sat down, they said they would actually start cutting from the 1st of May. Now, if we have a look at uh, just the price cuts from the 1st of May till today, which is the, the 12th, the price has gone from $17 a bar up to 25 That's almost a 50% increase. So yes, this is very, very promising. You have this shoot to green happening there. But if Aramco then is going to cost even more, now Aramco are one of the major players. So if Aramco do the likes of this, then you would probably see the rest of the other major players following suit. And this is all just to try and drive up the price. So yes, they're producing less barrels, but the price of the barrels that are producing are going up. And so yes, I do expect this to be good news for investors. Yes.
0: Okay. For for a beginner, can you just explain why an investor, a trader, would want to invest in an oil company such as Ramco versus directly with the commodity oil.
1: There's two main reasons, okay? Because you, when you're trading oil, you're either trading oil on, on a derivative, okay? Now there's many different forms of derivatives where you have, you have futures, you have options, you have CFDs. Which okay? is contract now, for differences. Yeah, so contract for difference. So if you want to trade oil on the likes of that, you have spread, you have um, overnight charges, but also it means that because it's a CFD, you're trading with leverage, and you need to have a stop loss in place. Mm-hmm. Which means then, if you don't get your entry correct, you will be stopped out. Now, if you invest in the particular companies themselves, the likes of Oxy, the likes of Glencore, Aramco, Shell, all of those guys, you can actually invest in the stocks themselves. Now, you can put it at the stocks that you're risking the amounts of money that you're happy with, and you're not over-risking, but you don't have to put a stop loss in, which means these companies have to go the whole way down to zero and go into administration for you to lose your money. So there's less likelihood of that happening than you getting stopped out on, say, a derivative. And that's, and that's the and that's the difference. That's the main difference between investing in both of them, Dylan.
0: Sure. So it's, it feels like it's safer to invest in the companies themselves in terms of being able to put, um, buy the underlying asset but if you're confident and you want to put leverage on it, then that's when a CFD will come into its own. And that's when uh, investing ab- directly ab- in um, ab- the CFD ab- of oil ab- would be the right way.
1: Absolutely. Whereas with if you have if you buy the company themselves, that you can actually hold on to this for years, months, weeks. It really makes a difference. And with it's are obviously, there's no spread or no rollover charge or anything like that when you're buying the underlying assets. But when you're trading oils, there is, there is all those because you're paying for the actual contract. So yes, it's much easier to trade it because you can hold on to it long term. Whereas if you have a contract for difference, because of the cost and the spread and stuff, people generally don't hold on to them long term.
0: But if you are a leverage trader, then you could put times five, times 10, etc. on it and you're away.
1: Absolutely. If you get the, if you get the trade you correct, get right. <laughs> with with the leverage, yes. So if you're if you're a seasoned trader and you get it correct on a CFD, then yeah. Look, if you if you had a, got a tr- the trade here um, on the first of May at seventeen dollars and it's now at twenty five dollars and you had leverage x five, you're very you're you're up quite a substantial amount now at this moment.
0: Okay, perfect. What I've noticed with oil actually, well, more specifically petrol, when I've been uh, doing my one bit of exercise a day walking past the local supermarkets is price per litre has fallen below one pound. I can't remember the last time it was below a pound. Can you see that this price would continue falling if we see the price of uh, oil falling as well?
1: The the short answer is absolutely. Yes, we can. If none of the competitors jump on Aramco's further Production cuts, and they fall out with someone. Aramco, or like we said, were one of the the, the highest IPOs in, in the world. They're also one of the the wealthiest companies in the world. I think it was just reading sixty four billion they have in reserve there, so they can they can sit through a price war. They could sit through a price war for six months or a year if it came to it. But the other companies could they? The the beauty of this is is that if Aramco want to. They could have a war go on here for ages, but they don't want to. They want to try and get price up so they can actually start generating money, start making profits again. Because as we know, people in oil are quite greedy. They're money hungry. Um, And this is why this goes on. But they're also very arrogant and that's why the the price war happens. And if for any reason, someone's ego gets hurt in one of these meetings, um, you could actually see another price war, which means they flood the market with more oil, and then in turn means that the price of oil drops and we could see it going into like in the last quarter where we saw the the price dropping down to what was it minus 40 nearly um or people were paying you to take oil off them and this was literally because the contract was coming out or was ending but also aramco were flooding the market so yes we could see that happening again but it is getting less and less likely as we're as we're moving forward into the year.
0: Makes sense. So moving away from oil, the flip side, I guess, is renewable energy. How has this uh, kind of oil war affected the share prices in the energy sector?
1: See, oil is still is still. Connected to solar energy and renewable energy because they still have to have production, they still have to have running costs of the of the plants, and that's where oil and petrol and stuff like that come into play, come into their own. But as a renewable energy, they still haven't massively taken off because of COVID nineteen. You still have people at home, you still have people not working in the plants, you still have social distancing, so not massively. But on the flip side of this is that yes it will be brought more into the forefront people will see what's happened with the likes of oil and if you can sort of streamline the likes of wind the likes of solar or wave powered technology then the upside on this is is much much greater people will be far more interested in getting powered by the likes of wave wind or solar if it's a renewable energy and we don't have the the carbon footprints of the of the oil so yes Long term, we should see this slowly, slowly growing over the next 10 years. And it may be a very, very shrewd investment over the next 10 years. Yes.
0: And moving on to the third topic, it was revealed last week that Telefonica and Liberty Global, the New York listed owner of Virgin Media, announced a £31 billion merger of their UK businesses. So how have the markets reacted in response to this news?
1: Well, as you would expect, they've uh, they've reacted quite quite positively to this market. And a bit like the the podcast that we talked about last week is that you have a huge amount of cost savings um from the, the companies that are merging. So with the likes of um this merger, Telephonic and, and Virgin Media, you have about six point two billion in cost savings over the giant fifty fifty venture. So That alone is a huge plus for these companies. So our investors have have come out quite positively about this.
0: What's interesting about the merger, though, is that they finally are going to be able to compete with the likes of BT in offering a competitive broadband and mobile network. It'd be interesting to know, has this, uh, this move affected BT share price at all?
1: well not massively because if you look at BT group on the Tora platform it's it's actually been in a downtrend since 2016 so this has slowly slowly been losing money so i don't see any major difference in 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 the likes of BT continuing on turning to the upside or continually dropping faster. I would expect it to continually go at the same time at the same pace. No, there's not real any massive difference to BT at the moment. We will see this once their first quarterly earnings has been released. So once the merger goes through and in the first quarter of the merger and then BT's first quarter, that's when you will see a huge spike in any of those stocks one way or the other.
0: And how about Vodafone as kind of the third big player in this market?
1: Well, Vodafone are someone who is standing on their own. Whereas you have a lot of these other companies that have all merged together, Vodafone stand their own. And that they've said that they, they are still going to stand on their own. They're still going to continue doing what they're doing.
0: I'm just looking at the charts of Vodafone at the moment. And it's, it's again, just a steady decline since 2018 when it was above $30 a share. And we're now at $14 a share.
1: Yeah, see, the, the problem is, is that Vodafone ha- are investing heavily in the likes of the 5G so they have invested in the infrastructure and, and that's their main that's their that's their game changer so once 5g is set up properly that they are are light years ahead of the other two so it's the same as like tesla investing in r&d this is literally their r&d so they're laying all the groundwork for their 5g so that's that's something that is going on but these all these companies in this area are are losing money and their their share price so which is is not Massively optimistic for investors, but so the Vodafone, up to I think it was this year, were paying a very, very hefty dividend, and it actually got cut because of the the performance of their share price. When you're
0: looking for new trade, how how do you look at dividends? Is that one of the big things that you're keeping an eye on?
1: Well, me me technically, I know I'm looking for performance of a share. Dividend is an added bonus. And so it's not something I look for. But some people do massively just trade on dividends, that they will buy nice, safe, safe companies that their share price doesn't massively fluctuate from year to year, so they're going sideways. But the dividend that they pay out yearly, that's where they actually look to make their money. So yes, it is something that that people will look into um, extensively. But just remember, with COVID-19, some companies have suspended their dividends. The likes of Disney have suspended their dividends. So just be, just be aware of that and look into it, whether the dividend is suspended or not.
0: Can you just give a quick explainer to the listeners um, of how a company decides their dividends?
1: What a dividend is, it's a profit share with their investors. So it's, a, it's sort of a thank you for their investors for investing and the companies give back any profits that they've sort of made to people over the year just say an example if you have a uh, hundred pounds invested in say disney for instance and disney are paying a five percent dividend, what would happen is you would get five percent of the hundred pounds you've invested in in disney back but that would be put straight into your portfolio it wouldn't be actually put into the stock but also what happens is the price of the stock will also drive will also drop Five percent as well, so it actually puts you at zero zero. So you've been paid five percent dividends, but the stock has also dropped five percent. And then one also is a key key thing is you have the dividend date and you have the ex dividend date. So the ex dividend date is the cutoff period that you have to have the stocks to be eligible for the dividends. Just say that ex dividend date is today. You've had to own the stocks yesterday, so it's the day before the ex dividend. So if you buy it on the ex-dividend date, you're not eligible for dividends till the next time it pays. Okay, So a lot of people jump in on stocks the day before ex-dividend date, hold on to the stock till the dividend is paid. And then if you're a net up, then you jump out of it again. And that's what some people will do if they trade dividends. Didn't know people were actively trading for dividends. Yeah, but it's a, it's a huge income. If you have if you have a hundred million, you know, I mean, invest in a particular stock. The dividend can vary. It massively can vary. You can get three, four, five, six thousand pounds a month in dividends, or a year in dividends if you have the right if you have the right stocks.
0: Thanks. So that. so that's the top three stories so
1: far this week. Um, is there any other markets that people should be keeping an eye on? No, we're still back to the same one as last week, is crypto, with the halving um, upon us. And we will see movements, massive movements on the market, on the crypto markets at the minute. Some people are looking at some of the other ones, the likes of Dash, the likes of XRP, the likes of Litecoin. All those ones are potentially much better valued than the likes of Bitcoin, because once they start to take off, the rest of them follow. So anyone who trades currencies generally uses a dollar index. So this is like the crypto index is Bitcoin. So once Bitcoin moves, they all generally massively move as well in the same direction. So but at the minute, we are going to see some huge movements in Bitcoin over the next week or month or so. And now whether it's going to continue in the upward rise because it's hit that marker of 10,000 or whether it's now going to drop the whole way back down again, only time will tell. But it's, it's exciting times around the crypto assets at the moment.
0: thing with crypto as well is if it does have a sudden price surge all of a sudden the mainstream media starts writing about it which has a knock-on effect because then the average day investor starts putting money in it and up goes the price so it, it can really snowball really quickly
1: yeah but that's 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 literally the the beauty of the likes of the crypto assets that is not it's not manipulated by governments or banks It's literally down to members of the public supply and demand. And if media jumps on us and starts getting really good publicity everywhere, it means then it would, should, in theory, rise because you have more people investing in it.
0: Well, thanks for that, Henry. That's it for the podcast this week. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll be back soon for more market news next week. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.